Hello and welcome to the Heart of Markness, episode 43, Jimmy Page, Robert Plant, 1988. No, it's not Led Zeppelin, and no, it is not more of Cleveland 77. I know. I know what I said. That's not what it's going to be. However, there's a reason for it. Um, as you can tell, I do not have my wonderful microphone. I am not at home. I am actually uh, staying at my ex's place with my daughter because my ex is in Arizona for the week and I am being co-parenting or co-parenting here, being the dad, so that my daughter can still go to school and not have any fun. So unfortunately, I could not bring my giant microphone and set up because it was unwieldy, but uh, so I'm using the laptop microphone. Sorry. Just uh, if you listen to Bill Burr, it's like when he's on the road. It's it's the fidelity's not there, but the heart is, and that's what matters, right, folks? And plus, you can still hear things, right? Listen, that was me clapping. It's like I'm in the room with you, isn't it? No, it isn't at all. It's like I'm talking on a shitty laptop mic. That's all right, because the music is still going to be stellar. So let's get to it, yeah? Okay. We are in 1988, and those of you who lived through the 80s as Led Zeppelin fans, you know that Jimmy and Robert were not exactly the best of friends throughout the first half of the 80s, or the first two-thirds of the 80s. Now, the reason for that is, I don't know. Ultimately, I think Robert was extremely resentful of Led Zeppelin turning into just an episode of intervention and going out with a whimper and the death of his best friend. Um, I think that he was also starting to get a little prideful and perhaps a little bit of ego because uh, at the beginning of the 80s, his solo career was off the charts. Ha! No, it was on the charts, actually. But um, Principle of Moments did wonderfully. That album... Had a million hits on it. I'm in the mood. Big log. Uh, uh, others can't think of them right now. But um, it was a popular. It was a popular album and had. I think there was at least three videos off that album. And uh, Big Log's a great song. He was putting out quality content, and Jimmy was, you know, struggling a bit in the early '80s, getting out of the the darkness um, that kind of engulfed all of Zeppelin. And he, he especially, him. Did it engulf him or he? He was engulfed. Engulfed he? I don't know. <laughs> I'm sorry. Lyle Hopwood, I need your help. <laughs> she's a uh, she's a listener and uh, she's wicked smart. So help me with that one. But, so uh, they, they, they were, uh, Robert and Jimmy were kind of bitchy and feuding in the press, sniping back and forth. Robert being super smug on MTV and just, you know, pretending he was never in Led Zeppelin at all. Led Zeppelin? Oh, yes, that was the thing I did. And um, everybody kind of had a moratorium on playing Zeppelin songs. Jimmy, neither Jimmy nor Robert played Zeppelin songs, aside from Stairway at the Arms concert, but that's different. Um, until 1988, neither one of them. I'm sure they had some sort of deal um, when they're both go, I right, we will just... We'll rebuild our fame using our talent and immense creativity, which Robert was able to do, and Jimmy 
created the firm. So we have that. Um, by 1988, Robert was approaching 40, and his last album, um, Shaken and Stirred, was his least successful. In fact, it was not successful. Um, I think it probably did okay, but in comparison with the principle of moments which preceded it, and the honey drippers, which was enormous er, um, it didn't do that well. And it was him trying to be the least Robert Plant he could be. I'm relevant, I'm creative, I'm 80s, I'm hip, I'm fresh. You know, beginning of the midlife crisis. And uh, when that didn't work, he went full-blown midlife crisis, midlife crisis. And, you know, he got hair plugs and uh, a spray tan and a Corvette. And a 20-year-old girlfriend that embarrasses his kids. Those are all metaphors for the midlife crisis. But what happened was he grew his hair back and suddenly remembered that he was in the band called Led Zeppelin. And all of a sudden started playing Led Zeppelin songs again and then became relevant. And he got a band of young folks who were not... I do not like his 1988 band. I do not like it at all. Um, at all, at all, at all, at all, at all, at all. They're great for what they were, I guess. I don't know if they were even great for what they were. Um, sorry about that. I had my laptop up on a little uh, prop to let it ventilate, and it tipped over. It went thud. I hope it wasn't too loud for you. But according to the VU meter, it was. So apologies, friends. Um, so yeah, Robert turned 40, or was turning 40, and uh, missed being famous, I'm sure. So he put out Now and Zen, which had Tall Cool One, and Heaven Knows, Heaven Knows, great song, he didn't write it. Um, and lo and behold, who did he have playing guitar? That horrible, life-wrecking asshole that he didn't even hardly acknowledge other than through backhanded compliments and a couple of things there, uh, you know, a couple of sincere good ones. Um, Jimmy Page is suddenly back with him. <gasps> but why? Because he wanted to sell records and he wanted to stay famous. Um is my guess. I don't have inside information at all, but I was I was there, <laughs> and I watched Robert on MTV being smug and smarmy and flirty and aloof and charming, and then uh, all of a sudden, Tall Cool One comes out, and he's suddenly the lemon squeezer again after spending eight years uh, denying that. Uh, a lemon had even entered the equation. Nary a lemon had been squeezed. And then suddenly, oh, lemons. Yeah, I'm a lemon squeezer, baby. Push, push. Um, as you can tell, I didn't care for Now and Zen. I didn't. I mean, it, it, heaven knows I liked because that's a, that's a killer Jimmy solo. And Jimmy needed the same thing. Let's not forget that. Jimmy, uh, The Firm, uh, good effort, good on paper, good band as far as talent. They were a good band. They weren't shitty. It just didn't have the fire because Paul Rogers isn't a fiery guy. Paul Rogers is a by-the-book, I-do-things-my-way, I'm a great singer, and I'm going to sing it like this. I'm going to sing it like this tonight. I'm going to sing it like this tomorrow. And the way I sing it's going to be the way I sang it on the record because that's how I recorded it. So it's a bit like it's a bit like having Jimmy Page join Rush excellent band but they're a little more by the book 
and it, as far as recreating what they recorded, because what they recorded was their intent and what they practiced and what they crafted. And Jimmy's more like the stage is where we branch out and experiment and go wild, and sometimes we fall on our faces and sometimes we hit the stratosphere, man. So the firm didn't really do well, um, especially for, for Led Zeppelin and Bad Company merging and becoming the firm. It was kind of like, uh, remember the band GTR? After Yes broke up, uh, before they got back together, um, Steve Howe, was Steve Howe in Asia? Oh my God, I can't even remember anymore. What the hell's wrong with me? Anyway, Steve Howe joined a band called GTR, which was Steve Howe from Yes, Steve Hackett from Genesis, and some dude who had a shaved head and wore like a caftan uh, as the singer. They were super, super overproduced in the very 80s way. And for two amazing guitar players, they didn't have anything that grabbed your imagination. Although some of you are like, no way, man, when the heart rules the mind. And don't forget, don't forget, listen, they, it didn't do it. The 80s were a time for supergroups, and they were put together not because of intense chemistry and creative uh, uh, symmetry or synergy. They were put together because on paper, businessmen and management went, Led Zeppelin, huge band, bad company, not too shabby, put them together, cha-ching. Bums on seats. Um, so the 80s, I think Jimmy said it. Actually, I think it's a quote for Jim, from Jimmy. The 80s have a lot to answer for, and I agree with that. Um, but in 1988, Jimmy appeared on Robert's album on Heaven Knows, and it was a huge hit. And Tall Cool one, if you remember that, Lighten up, baby, I'm in love with you, with a million Zeppelin samples, which was cheeky, but I also, I mean, come on, man. Um, Jimmy was on that indirectly. Oh, no, he was on Tall Cool One as well. I'm sorry. He was on Tall Cool One as well. He did the solo. Um, and Robert sang um, the only one on, on Jimmy's Outrider album. So they kind of each did songs on each other's albums as kind of a detente, a kind of a, well, looks like we need each other anyway. Looks like we need Zeppelin. Looks like that. I mean, you can't get out. You can't take off. You can't remove an albatross that big from around your neck. You can do things, but you're always going to be Led Zeppelin. I mean, that's just how it's going to be. Um, and they acknowledged that. And in 1988, on the Nonstop Go tour, which was Robert's Now and Zen tour, on the last date of the British leg in April, April 17th, 1988, at the Hammersmith Odeon, Jimmy got up and played with Robert. And didn't just jam like they'd done before. Like in 83, they jammed with uh, Treater Wright, and I think Jimmy played something else at some point too, and Jonesy at some point jammed with Robert. This was a full-on handful of songs that were done and obviously, you know, rehearsed, at least at least that day. Um, and I'm going to play two of them. I mean, they did Misty Mountain Hop, Trampled Underfoot, Rock and Roll, and a great song called The Gambler's Blues. And I'm going to play you. If you hear chaos going on in the background, that's because I've inadvertently locked uh, a Siamese cat in the room with me. And he is not having it. So as soon as I start playing the song, I'll let him out. But until then, you might hear a little bit of chaos. Chaos. 
what? Not on your podcast, Mark. I know, I know, I'm branching out too. Um, so, let's get to it, because now I've been babbling for 12 minutes, but I'm setting the stage. Here's 1988. Now imagine this, you're seeing Robert Plant uh, on, uh, on his rebirth, on his renaissance of his solo career, after the shaken and stirred... Um, you know, he tried, he swung and he missed. It happens. It was not dishonorable. Um, and then you're seeing Robert Plant, you're hearing some of the songs, you're hearing Going to California, I think, and you're hearing stuff like Nobody's Fault But Mine, not with Led Zeppelin, and not by a band that has any right to play that music, because Jesus Christ, you'll hear it. Um, but then, ladies and gentlemen, Jimmy Page. So I'm going to play for you Trampled Underfoot, and I'm playing it not because it's a great performance by a great band. It isn't. I hate the fact that Robert's band has no swing. It doesn't, it, they, well, they don't play that kind of music. So it's kind of like if you're jamming with um, New Order and you get up to jam with New Order, but you're jamming on Whipping Post from the Allman Brothers. I mean, they'll do it because they're professionals and they're good. And it may even be good, but it ain't going to sound like uh, Live at the Fillmore East. All right. This cat's stressing me out, man. Um, so here it is, April 17th, 1988, Gambler's Blues. And a funny side note, I've talked about this before. Um, this is the set that I had been looking for and going, oh, lamenting, why did I give away all my discs after the divorce when I was super depressed and hated everything? And I, Because I wasn't able to find this show easily to share with you. And it's just not on the torrent sites, and it's not and nobody I know has it readily. Um, and then lo and behold... Um, I was moving some stuff around in my room, and I saw this disc of Page and Plant together again. And I looked, I'm like, holy fuck, here it is. So the universe provided, my friends, and you get to benefit. I'm going to play Trampled Underfoot first, because what I want you to listen to is Jimmy being Jimmy. And you're going to be like, yeah, but that, that's what he does. No, in the 80s, he didn't. In the 80s, he wasn't. I mean, he was still Jimmy Page. I'm like, Jimmy Page is mercurial in spirit and far, far greater than we can imagine. Yes, I know. I know. He's perfect in every way. Have you listened to You've Lost That Loving Feeling on the Firm album? Uh, okay. Listen to Jimmy on Trampled Underfoot, and you will hear Jimmy. And if you were around in the 80s, you'll know how refreshing that must have been, because we went a long time waiting for Jimmy to be Jimmy again. And here he is just strolling out and killing it. Enjoy Trampled Underfoot. I'll be back in a few minutes. It's not that long. It's like six and a half minutes, seven minutes long. For a Zeppelin song, that's nothing. That's like the Ramones version of a Zeppelin song. See you in a bit. April 17th, 1988. Jimmy Page, Robert Plant. Ah! I think we to carry on. I carrying on, we'd like to bring to you Jimmy Page.
have it. You got your Jimmy Page, you got your Robert Plant, and uh, you even have Charlie Jones on bass, who would be the bass player for Page Plant. So we're getting uh, the, 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 the embryonic, uh, or, or it's the zygote, I guess, of the Page Plant reunion uh, still six years away. But um, I think another reason, perhaps, that Jimmy was involved with this is that we're less than a month away from the Led Zeppelin reunion at the Atlantic uh, Records 40th anniversary, about which we will not speak. Um, oh, that was a fucking disaster. Boy, oh boy, oh boy. Um, but this night was not. So that was Trampled Underfoot, and I have it there because I loved hearing Jimmy playing it, playing it as Jimmy with the swagger and the confidence of Jimmy Page. No more of the strict B-bender, Telecaster, I was never in Led Zeppelin blues. What's the blues? Um, he's back, and it's, it's so welcome to hear. So welcome to hear. And uh, Robert is in great voice. It's great to hear Robert singing the songs, too, because, I mean, they're his songs, and... It was so weird when uh, when Robert turned kind of anti-Zeppelin. And I get it because the last years, plural, of Zeppelin were not great. And uh, given the tragedy in the band and the, the downfall, uh, very much like the uh, young Icarus on the Swan Song label, well, I guess that's Apollo. You know what I mean. Jesus Christ. <sighs> it, uh, I don't blame him. I'm sure there's a lot of baggage for him to do Led Zeppelin songs. And I bet there's just a lot of... You can't be all in anymore knowing that there's a whole bunch of shit where you were done wrong or things were done wrong or what you thought was a great you know, hippie commune partnership turned out to be some kind of fucked up Pulp Fiction crime syndicate. But I digress. <laughs> so they play Trampled Underfoot, and then they play this beautiful 15-minute-long blues. And the only thing making this not ideal, aside from the recording, the recording is not of the greatest quality, but it's certainly good enough, um, is the band, the drummer, doesn't know how to drum to this kind of music. He can't lay down a solid beat. He doesn't get it. He doesn't do the good fills. It's not his type of music. I understand that. Uh, Charlie Jones is, is okay. I mean, it's not like anybody plays bum notes. It's not like they suck. I'm not saying they suck. It's just that they're not the band to be playing this kind of music. In fact, man, you, any of you guys out there who know the uh, Jimmy Page and Solid Ground bootleg where Jimmy plays with this uh, Lake Tahoe bar band lounge act. I've referenced it a few times. It's got a woman singer. It sounds like the Will Ferrell, Anna Gasteyer. Oh, hot mic. Whoa. Remember that band? Bobby Mohan Culp. Um, that band had more swing than Robert's band playing this stuff. But, um, I know, that was a long way to go for, for a lukewarm joke, but they can't all be home runs, folks. So, this is going to be excellent, and what's excellent about this, aside from 
Jimmy and Robert playing together and Jimmy and Robert playing the blues again is that they do call-outs to I Can't Quit You Baby and Since I've Been Loving You. And Robert's voice is great. You'll hear it when he goes, I've been working from 7 to 11. It really makes life a drag, drag, drag. And it, but, you know, as Robert Plant singing it, not me. And it is good. And Jimmy is good. And they're there. And Jimmy's playing off of Robert like the old days. And Robert's playing off of Jimmy like the old days. And you know that in that moment, in those moments, they were smiling. They were happy. And it was great. I can only imagine how great it would must have been to be there. But, as I say every episode... We have these great sonic archaeologists preserving these ephemeral moments so that here we are 32 years later almost and we can hear it ourselves. And that's just the bee's knees, yo. So here we go. I'll be back in 15 minutes to wrap things up and ramble some more. Gambler's Blues, everybody. Listen to uh, listen out for I Can't Quit You Baby and Since I've Been Loving You and Jimmy playing the mother fucking blues. See ya. You're gonna like this.
I did it. I've wanted to play that for you for so long, and I was so psyched that I found it. And that's why we're not doing the second half of Cleveland 77 this week. I had to get this to you. I don't have my microphone. I'm not at home. I don't have my stuff. <sighs> so you get this. Excellent, right? Some magic moments there. Robert's voice is great. It's nice to hear Jimmy playing again. And, you know, I'm sorry I shit on the drummer. He wasn't as bad as I remember. It's it's just, I don't, I miss Bonzo. <laughs> I miss Bonzo. I do think that that, what we heard, would be, uh, had Zeppelin gotten back together in 88 with Jason on drums, that's kind of what it would have sounded like, I think. Um, but that's okay. So there we have it. A month later... They would do the Led Zeppelin reunion at the Atlantic 40th, and then uh, they would go on. Robert would go on to uh, continue his Nonscatopco tour. Jimmy would go on his Outrider tour, and they would be back. And the Outrider tour was fucking awesome. If you haven't listened to my podcast about the Outrider tour, you should do so because Jimmy was on fire that tour. Just unbelievable, man. So there we go. That's what we're doing tonight. Next week I'll do, uh, well, I hope to do the second half of Cleveland 77. But you know me. Who knows what it'll be. I will endeavor to do the second half of Cleveland 77. How about that? But uh, for now, here I am in my ex-wife's home with two kitties that aren't mine, but I really like looking at me like, will someone please tell us what the fuck is going on? Um, I bid you adieu. But not before social media. Follow me on Twitter at Heart of Markness. If you're on Twitter, follow me. I'm on Twitter. You're listening to this. You're on Twitter. Let's be friends. Facebook. If you're on Facebook, follow Heart of Markness. Join. I had a few people join this week. Join the Facebook group. There's other people in there. You can contribute. There's little blips and blops of dialogue happening. It's nice. It's becoming a thing. It's like watching uh, life evolve. Ah, we had our first single cell division, and it feels good. And now, if you like the podcast and you want to support the podcast, 
Become a patron on Patreon. Also, Heart of Markness. Go to patreon.com slash heartofmarkness. You'll find my page. You'll find out what you can do. And uh, you will be a patron, and I will love you forever. Ah, patrons. That's right. I read the patron names. La, 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 la. Why am I not ready? Why am I not ready? Because I suck. That's all right. That's all right. Y'all like me anyways. Or at least you like the podcast. Or at least you like Led Zeppelin. La, 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 la. Here we go. Blink. Do I have... Here we go. La, la, la. My patrons. Avi, Bill, David, Jeremy, and Nemo. Thank you so much. According to Patreon, I owe two of you bonus episodes. Is that true? Well, if I do, I'll share that with you. Because uh, the $5 patrons don't get the bonus episodes. The $10 patrons do. So I will look at that and see what that what's going on. But in any case, thank you, my beloved patrons, for patronizing me. Again, Avi, Bill, David, Jeremy, who also bought me the mic. Love you, buddy. And who also made the Heart of Darkness logo. Love you. Really, really good friend. I'm, I'm honored. Honored to be his friend. Avi, Bill, David, Jeremy, and Mimo, or Mimo. I forgot to ask him again. Anyways, thank you all very much, folks. It helps tremendously. It helps tremendously. You guys are already covering the cost of the hosting, of hosting the mega site where I host the shows, of paying for the website, paying for SoundCloud, all that stuff. Thank you so much. I'm going to keep doing this, and I'm going to keep doing this for you. And if there are people that I owe shows to, I will get them to them. All right. Facebook, Twitter, Patreon. And if you don't want to subscribe and do a monthly thing, but you are totally cool with kicking me a few bucks, go to heartofmarkness.com, and there's a little PayPal button at the bottom of the page if you want to kick me some money. Again, it's a free podcast. If you don't want to, don't worry about it. If you want to but you can't, don't worry about it. But if you want to and you can, avail yourself. I will be pleased. Goes to a good cause. Me, evangelizing Led Zeppelin. All right, folks. Thank you so much. I love you. And I will talk to you next week when hopefully we do the second half of Cleveland 77. And I'll have my microphone back. La la. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye and bye-bye.